Well, 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 we are back again. And if you've obviously follow us on Twitter, you may have found out and read the news over the week that uh, the Air Raid Attack podcast is no more. And you are correct. Welcome to the debut show of Real Talk in the 405. I'm your host, Michael. And as always, it is a pleasure talking sports with you on this beautiful day. Kind of chilly here in Oklahoma City, but uh, definitely not too shabby for January, I would, I would imagine, as uh, we uh, we finish out the first month of 2021. Wow. There you have it. We're getting close to finish out the first month of 21, but... You look at it, and like I said, uh, the big news, if you want to call it big news, uh, the Air Attack podcast has changed its name. Um, the, how the show will be operated is going to be a little bit different. Getting the final touches on on how that's going to be looking like for uh, future shows, hopefully here in the next week or two, uh, we'll get all that finalized and done. So, again, welcome to the Real Talk in the 405 I'm your host, Michael. Follow the show on Twitter at RealTalk45Pod, at RealTalk45Pod. I'm uh, working with the uh, platforms to make sure everything's updated, but subscribe on uh, on iTunes. I mean, you're going to look it up at Air Raid Attack Podcast. I don't know if that will continue, obviously, with the platform that I use with Anchor, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll, like I said, uh, the change process is all going to be brand new. So we're going to we're going to work things out. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I got a little. So here's the deal. While you search the real talk four or five pod on Twitter, go ahead and and, and, and Twitter search the unhinged sports network and if you can find my twitter uh the unhinged sports network uh twitter handle is actually in the bio and while you are in the bio go ahead and you know i know it's you know we're getting close to uh, the end of the month and but you know tax season's right around the corner uh super bowl's right around the corner uh, what is it, 55, I think, this year. The uh, Super Bowl's right around the corner. So check out Fanatics. The link's in the bio. Grab you, your dad, your brother, your girlfriend, your wife, whoever, some amazing sports gear. Whether it's Corey Kluber's New Jersey with the Yankees. Whether it's... Uh, Oh, let's go Peyton Manning. Doesn't matter if it's with the Colts, with the Broncos. Get yourself a Aaron Rodgers jersey, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady's jersey. If you want to go old school, let's go Patriots. I don't care. Go Patrick Mahomes. I know all you Chiefs Kingdom people. But what about Bills Mafia? I know I've heard Bills Mafia fans are about the most diehard fans uh, in the league. They love throwing people through tables, which is kind of cool in my opinion. Go get you a Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs. Ed Oliver. Hats. 
Anything you want, I'm sure it's on there. Go find it. While you're at it, I'm going to even help you save money. Fubo TV. Fubo TV. The link and all that stuff is also on the bio as well. Check them out. If you don't like how your current cable company is, hey, I'm gonna I'm here to save you money. Cause trust me, I'm in the process of of renovate or having two major or three major house projects. I gotta I gotta work out. So I get the I get the saving money part. So if you don't like your current the cable provider check out fubo tv fubo f-u-b-o tv color cast if you have an ios phone check them out it's all that more information is going to uh come out here with the next week or two but definitely give them a check at least download it at least you be prepared at least be prepared. But anyway, enough. Again, like I said, go to go get you some gear on Fanatics. Go check out Fubo TV and uh, download the ColorCast uh, app if you're on the iOS. Which is, if you don't know what iOS is, it's the it's the iPhone. So the iPhone operating system. Yeah, go for it, and uh, we will uh, go from there. But in the meantime, we got some stuff to talk. I would imagine so. We got some stuff to talk about. Shout out to uh, to Fourth and Twenty podcast. It's gonna be like a random show, but kind of cool. Uh, shout out to them. Just got a follow from them on Twitter. Fourth down or Fourth and Twenty podcast. Check them out. Again, uh, follow the show on Twitter. Um, Real Talk Four or Five Pod. P-O-D, like the Tide Pods, like everybody, uh, what was it, last year or 2019? This is why I need a co-host. I need some other feedback, um, conversation. But anyway, go for it. Follow the show on Twitter. Hashtag, for now, Real Talk in the 405 Podcast. It, it's probably going to change. But anyway, um, we will go with that for the time being. But recap, the inner... The, NFL Divisional Playoffs came and gone and actually uh, was pretty darn good. It was a pretty good week. If you watched any football, of course, I watched it mainly on Sunday. I didn't really watch much of Saturday's games. Um, nothing really att- nothing really attracted me, per se. Uh, I-, I was really more interested. Uh, excuse me. I was really more interested in what uh, Tom Brady did. Against Drew Brees. I knew the Rams on Saturday wasn't going to be much. I thought the Ravens, but once Lamar Jackson went out for the rest of the game, that kind of sealed the deal for for Baltimore. Again, Buffalo didn't look that great, I didn't think, in the beginning. But hey. Question is, Lamar Jackson, is he their franchise quarterback? Of course. Would I sign him long term? I personally wouldn't yet. But we'll see when that time comes. So if he didn't watch any football, which you missed quite a bit, at least Sunday's games I thought was better than Saturday's games, in my opinion. But the Packers defeated the Los Angeles Rams uh, 32-18. Green Bay now 7-1 all-time. 
in home playoff games on Saturdays. So are you stat people that you love stats? There you go. That's that's your first stat uh, I'm going to give you. But I thought uh, overall Green Bay really, really did well. Um, Aaron Rodgers, MVP-like uh, game, um, threw for a 296, couple of touchdowns. I thought the running game was is pretty spot on with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and you know even AJ Dillon. Um, those three guys kind of getting the the coursework, if you will. Of course, uh, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams practically balancing out um, the coursework in regards to the running game. I thought when you look at the receivers, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Lazard. Um, of course, the I think he's the rookie out of Iowa State. I thought he had a phenomenal game. Uh, four catches, 96 yards. I think he was targeted, I think, eight times, so practically 50% catch rate, if you will. Um, a touchdown. Of course, Devontae Adams played, had a great year. Or great, year. Uh, great game as well. Overall, congrats to Green Bay. The Bills... Uh, goes to uh, now 12 and three in the home playoff games in team history, uh, beating Baltimore 17 to three. Now here's when things got interesting on Sunday. Your first game was the Chiefs and the Browns. The Brownies from Cleveland. <sighs> um, of course, the third straight year now, Kansas City is going to host the AFC Championship game. Um, they're one and one during that span. But you look at the game, and here and here's where it's, things get interesting. Of course, Patrick Mahomes goes down due to uh, concussion protocol. Kansas City early going, you know, lights out. Of course, Cleveland fumbles near the goal line. If it wasn't exactly on the goal line, a lot of change momentum from there. Um course again then Baker uh, gets going really in the second half Chad Henney goes in uh, he was six for eight but you know the Browns come in the Browns come down you know I, I give Cleveland credit um, they showed up shut out a lot of uh, haters a lot of noise doubters if you will uh, if they can continue keep the players they got now I don't know what they're gonna do with Odell um, that one, of course, we'll see whether we see him get dealt on on trade night, whether we get dealt on anything like that. We'll see. Um, but the Chiefs, as far as I'm hearing, Patrick Mahomes is still in protocol. Now, what does that look like for Sun um, for Sunday? I don't know. So we'll see how that pans out for Mahomes. It's going to hurt if Chad Henney starts. If Mahomes can't go, you're going to bank on a lot of... Boy, you're going to bank. But hey, I thought Chad Henney came in and did what he had to do. Was pretty much hold on to the ball at that point. And, and then, of course, a nightcap. Um, the Bucks beat the Saints in what appears to be Drew Brees' final season uh, in the NFL. And it's the first uh, win in divisional round 
for Tampa Bay since 2002, and that year they won the Super Bowl. So, if you're a Bucks fan out there listening, whether you're in Tampa or across the world or in the United States, uh, that's some hope. I mean, the last time you guys won the divisional round game was in 2002, and and you guys won the Super Bowl, beating the what? Um, who they beat? Baltimore. No, Oakland. The Oakland Raiders. So anyway, there you have it. Recap uh, of that. Of course, I loved seeing uh, the end, the um, the post-game, practically Breeze out there with his wife and kids throwing the football, kind of soaking in um, his final moments, if you will, uh, on the field. Well, like I said, whether or not that's it, all – all fingers point next. Um, all fingers point that he's going to be out. So that he's going to retire, but not official. I mean, anything's possible. But at uh, what forty-two, I would say safe bet. So what do we look like? Well, you got the first postseason meeting ever between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Of course, uh, Tom Brady, in my opinion. First ballot Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers. You can probably float that as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. You got the fifth ranked team offense. You got the fifth ranked offensive team in the league in the Packers. Seventh against seventh for the Bucks. Defense. Both are top ten teams in the league. Passing game. Top ten team. Both. Both. Of course, Tampa's number two. You know, the Packers are a lot better running game than Tampa Bay is. It's really going to be interesting due to the fact that you date back to October 18th. The Buccaneers routed uh, Green Bay 38-10. to That was, I think, I believe that was in, in, um, in Tampa. But can we see a repeat of that? Could we? Will the trend continue? Well, why are you talking about the trend? Well, Tampa Bay. Um, teams to defeat a team, if you will, by 20 points. And this is courtesy of NFL.com. Teams to defeat a team by 20 points in the regular season and then face them in the conference championship game are 13-3. In the, in the in rematches, four in the last ten seasons. Got the got that side on you. And then uh, the final one before we end our first break: Buffalo and Kansas City. Of course, it's Buffalo's first AFC Championship appearance since 1993. This is Kansas City's third appearance in the last three years. I'm actually going. to... I'm actually going to watch this one. Top two teams in the league offensively. Top three. Top three. Both teams are in the top three in passing. Kansas City runs it a little bit better. Not by much. But they're a better running game than Buffalo. Buffalo is defensively a little bit better, in my opinion, than Kansas City. Last time these two teams met was earlier in the year this 
this season on October 19th, Kansas City won 26-17. I'm really, really, absolutely looking forward towards this game. Can Josh Allen keep the winning streak? Can Josh Allen keep the momentum? They've won out eight games in a row, if you even include the playoffs. It's tied the second longest streak in franchise history. Then you look at Kansas City. That the Chiefs' um, last eight games have been by six points or fewer, including the playoffs. It's the longest streak and also in NFL history. Josh Allen, of course, in week six against Kansas City, fewest yards passed. And the lowest completion percentage in a game all season long. The Chiefs have now scored 22 points or fewer in the three straight games, including the playoffs. It's the longest trick since 2017. And the Bills are 4-2 in franchise history. And the AFC slash AFL championship games They've won that four straight. And here's a strange but true fact. Travis Kelsey has fewer than 70 receiving yards in each of the four career games versus Buffalo. Courtesy of those <clears throat> of that stats to NFL.com. So what's my take? Well, I think we're going to see a Green Bay, and I think we're going to see a Green Bay Kansas City game. Uh, for Super Bowl of what, 55, I believe. Uh, you got the experience that's been, you know, both quarterbacks of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have been there, done that. Tom Brady trying to be, uh, win his first NFC championship. Of course, he's won God amount of AFC championship uh, rings. Um, not for sure what the cold, what the weather's going to be in Lambeau. Green Bay's really rolling. Tampa's really rolling. That's going to be a good game. Um, you look at Tampa, I think Gronk can really be play a factor. Mike Evans, uh, Fournette, the list goes on and on. Goodwin, I believe, is, um, can go on and on. Defensively, I think Tampa's going to be probably slight edge. Uh, Kansas City, Buffalo. I think this goes down to the wire. I, I think it's definitely less than seven points that this game is going to be won by. Uh, the key for Kansas City, assuming that Mahomes plays, is continue to play. You know, Kansas City ball. We know what Tyreek can do. We know what Travis Kelsey can do. We know, obviously, know what Mahomes can do. Damian Williams. We know what he can do. Um, the list goes on and on. Buffalo. Now it's the experience. Patrick Mahomes has been there. He's done that. This is his third AFC Championship game. He's 1-1. Could have been 2-0. But, hey, still 1-1. But, man, Buffalo's offensive is, is, is a good one. I think Kansas City wins. As much as I hate saying that. But, um, there you have it. My prediction. Kansas City, Green Bay. Um... Super Bowl 55. Speaking of Super Bowl 55, before we take our first break, 
Um, we got pretty exciting news. A good buddy of mine, um, David, will be joining me next week as a guest on the show. Uh, we'll be talking, uh, practically we'll be talking uh, Super Bowl. We'll give our predictions on that. I'm sure we'll probably talk some Thunder. Probably got some baseball in and whatever he chooses to uh, to go from there. Um, so let's round this out. You got it. Um, hey, let's round this season out. Um, get to the get to the off season here shortly. Uh, George Payton named the Denver Broncos general manager. If he missed it, um, I love the hire. He's got some. Um, he's got a lot of questions. For Denver, what do you do? Um, what do you do for the quarterback position? Um, he he came out and said, "Hey, we can, we can, you know, what's best what He worded you know, practically. He worded as you know, Drew um, Drew Brees, Drew Locke can can develop now. Is that gonna be?" Is, is we'll see. We'll see what uh, what he can do. Um, does he go quarterback in the draft? Probably at the ninth spot or ten spot. Um, boy, well, obviously Trevor's not going to be there. Justin Fields ain't going to be there. Trey Lance, I don't know if he'll be there. I like the kid. Micah Parsons, I think, at the inside linebacker position, you're really going to be – that's probably our Denver's best option, especially with an aging Vaughn now who's in legal trouble. Bradley Chubb, one of the best uh, up-and-coming ends in the league. Hopefully they can sign Justin Simmons, which another that's another issue that um, he's going to have to figure out. So, what should Denver do? Well, in my opinion, um, George Payton's first thing is going to figure out um, Justin Simmons. What are they going to do with Justin Simmons? Of course, he's a third-round pick out of in the 2016 draft. He's one of the stellar players in his Denver secondary. Obviously, a, a tremendous guy in the community. Nomination of the um, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award now for, I believe, two years in a row. Like I said, he, he loves and supports the Denver community. I think his impact on the field, I think his impact off the field is one that you can't replace. Um, what else is there to say about him? He got 16 career interceptions, high, humongous high IQ play, ball skills. He brings this uh, stability to the uh, defense, of course, with turnovers. In my opinion, if I'm George Payton, 
Hey, Justin Simmons has got to be number one on that list as a must. Um, definitely as a must. Contract-wise, I think it's safe to say that you can probably put him at the probably upwards of 15 mil per year. Um, I think that you can easily make him the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, will we see that? We'll see. Um, but definitely Justin Simmons, in my opinion, is a must. Is a absolute must for um, for George Payton to, to, to take care of. Um, number two, not many people I don't think would probably put this on there, but Shelby Harris, uh, humongous anchor on the defensive line. Of course, if you look at his career, he's been cut numerous times by the Raiders, the Jets. I think he even had a short stint with the Cowboys, but he came on with Denver. Practically, he signed what was signed as what they would call a reserve or a future contract. Um, and because of that, he's probably, in my opinion, and I'm going to be a little biased, of course, but I think he's definitely in the considered one of the or has become one of the premier interior defensive linemen in the league. I mean, why you look at the stats in the last in the four years he was with Denver. Shelby's had fifteen. And a half, he's been averaging fifteen and a half sacks, twenty-two tackles for a loss, twenty-three pass defended, and that's courtesy of of the stat of um, Pro Football Reference. You look at uh, Harris. He's, in my opinion, a do-it-all player. He's a vital, and I mean vital, part of their pass rush. Twenty twenty, Harris tested a free agent, but of course he returned to Denver. Well, many people considered a prove-it deal. Well, now he's back to being a free agent, and he he's definitely going to have offers, and of course. What will Denver counter? You look at the draft, and I don't know if they'll go D lineman first, but I mean, you got a lot of players. You can probably go two, three, four rounds down the road. Um, Justin Simmons would be definitely the big time target, of course, for Denver to try to resign. I think after that, I think you immediately try to work something out with Shelby Harris. Um, average salary? Well, um, I don't know what the market value is for a defense alignment. I think... I think he goes... Um, I think he'll probably sign with a slightly, what I would consider a slightly below market value 
kind of like the home run discount, if you will. Um, you could easily go three, what, three years for eight, three years for seven, I think. I think a lot of it is going to be his incentives, which if you get incentives, you can easily um, boost that probably to, I don't know, what, roughly 10, 11, no more, max 12, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, so definitely will, um, definitely Shelby Harris going number two. He, here's the third one, what they would consider um, must for George. Um, is going to be Will Parks. Me, personally, I probably wouldn't. But he's come in. Of course, he's a he was drafted in the sixth round by Denver. He was more of a special teams player. Of course... Denver chose to let Will Parks walk the first time. Um, he was, of course, signed by Philadelphia and released by Philly during the 2020 season. I thought he played pretty strong to finish out the year. Uh, Parks, of course, now is a free agent. So what do you think I think that they may do with Will Parks? Well, find out here in a bit. We'll go to a commercial break. Let's find a great, great, if you are in need of a clean for your storm shelter, check out these guys from Storm Check. We'll be back on the. Hey guys, it's Michael from the Real Talk in the 405 podcast. Let me talk to you for just a few seconds. Do I have your attention? Let's go. If you know me, I love me some local businesses and I highly recommend StormCheck because let's be honest, we are all terrified to look and see what's in our storm shelter to get ready for spring season. When the tornado sirens sound, do you feel prepared to spend the night in your shelter? Allow us and our team of military veterans to put your mind at ease with our services. Check them out at stormcheck.team. Let them know Michael from the Real Talk and the 405 podcast sent you their way. Again, it's stormcheck.team for more information. And we are back. Um, so kind of going back, uh, Will Parks, you know, I think that they could easily work something out, maybe potentially be Kareem Jackson's potential replacement. Uh, I think, um, I think, honestly, walk, in my opinion. I think they may let him walk and see what he can get elsewhere. Uh, Tim Patrick, I like. I really like some uh, Tim Patrick. Uh, you look at it, he's an undrafted free agent out of the Utah, of course. Again, just like Shelby Harris, um, goes through a um, reserve or a future contract uh, with Denver, of course. Early in the 2019, he suffered an injury, came out and finished since that season pretty pretty decent and pretty strong. He showed his value with his value. I think Patrick did this year. 
um, starting as a probably practically as a value as a starting receiver in the in the league. Um, do I think that Denver signs him? I think they may see what they can get first. Um, I still say if Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, if he's still there at number nine, number ten, wherever we're at, I, I think I'll still go that route. Uh, you definitely would upgrade, especially speed-wise, talent-wise, I would imagine, to an extent. Uh, of course, he can pair back up with Jerry Judy. Now, you talk about speedsters galore. I, I think he returns. I don't see. Um, I don't see Tim going anywhere. Uh, I don't know what really. I don't know what the pay would be for him. Would be. You could easily see them tagging him. Um, I, I I just I don't I don't see Tim Patrick leaving the Mile High City. Last but not least is a very interesting one: the Colorado kid. And if you if you know who I'm talking about, it's Phil Lindsay. The undrafted free agent, uh, the undrafted um, running back out of Colorado. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, he's been known as one of the Broncos' most explosive receivers uh, from a struggling offensive line. Uh, Lindsey struggled, of course, uh, throughout the 2020 season to stay healthy. Of course, once. Melvin Gordon got signed during the offseason prior to 2020. Of course, he lost some touches from there, which was expected. Um, this year, he's a restricted free agent. Will the Broncos pay up? Um, we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, I got reports that, you know, Lindsey's party is going to be is, is practically Lindsey's. Um, Philip Lindsey's side is pretty much un, is unhappy um, with his role in Denver just for the simple fact of, uh, of when Melvin Gordon came in. Of course, um, we all want to win. Let's be honest. We all want to win. Denver hasn't won in quite some time, and... And you look at Philip, and is he willing to negotiate? If not, I could easily see him with a team that can contend. Um, my prediction: I think Philip Lindsay's done. I don't see him coming back in Denver. As much as I think some people do, I think you're going to have to. Let's be honest, Melvin Gordon's is aging, but you still got one year left on his contract. He played better almost towards the end than he did in the beginning. Could Lindsay stay one more year? I think he could to tag him, at least finish out his rookie contract. Uh, I don't know if they'll let him walk, and again. It depends on what George – people have to remember. And here's the deal. Um, here's the deal. You got you got George Payton, the new general manager, just like Drew Locke. And I think number five comes at Drew Locke. Uh, you, got, you got 
these players that was signed and drafted by John Elway. When you, just like any normal 9-to-5 job, when you got a new boss in town, depends on the circumstance. They may keep you. Usually, and I've been in some cases where they usually just clean house, period. And, and here's where I go with this. is Number five is Drew Locke. What do I think with, with the what they will do with Drew Locke? We don't know. He's a toss-up. You look at Drew, yes, I'm still on the Drew Locke bandwagon. If there's such a thing. But I still think he can develop. I still think he's the guy for Denver. The team rallies around him. I know there was some frustration last year. Which, I mean, when you don't win, there can be frustration regardless. But you look at it and say, hey, interesting. What do we do? Denver's in this position. Now, you have a lot of options here. Supposedly, supposedly, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson... Wants to be out. He's done with Houston. He wants to go. Now. If you're Denver. Do you jump on that trade? Are you one of the four teams that will at least listen. To see what the asking price is. I would probably be willing to give up 2022 first-round pick. I really would love for us to keep that 19, the 21 first-round pick. But if that involves getting Deshaun Watson, well, so be it. Do I think Devontae Smith might be there at nine, might be there when Denver when Denver gets theirs? Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. Do you keep Drew? Do you go corner? Do you go inside linebacker? Do you go quarterback? Trey Lance, kid out of North Dakota State. I'm sure he'll be there. Do you put? Do you draft him and be like a Jalen Hurts thing in Philadelphia when Doug Peterson drafted? Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma last year. And practically do a Carson win. I'm not saying go bench him. Bench Drew just like how uh, it took place. But do you um, do you go that route? I think. Excuse me. I think if you give Drew Locke a legit competition, you'll either see if he'll make it or he'll break it. I'm not saying Trey Lance is a guy either, but Denver, George Payton, long story short, George is going to realize that, hey, my hands are are washed of this. I have no loyalty to Drew. I got to do what's best for the Denver Broncos and for this organization. And I get that the whole freaking ownership thing is in up in arms and it's a fiasco. And, you know, John Elway's contracts up after the end of this year. Joe Ellis' contract is up to the end of this year. Could you see the new ownership after this season come in? Assuming assuming all that gets taken care of, will Joe and John, are they done in Denver after this year?
I mean, a lot. I mean, Denver. The future is still bright for Denver. I'm excited for this organization's future. The question to that success for the future is, it's going to be your quarterback, whether it is Deshaun Watson, whether it is Drew Locke or Trey Lance or whoever, Mac Jones, if you want to go third or fourth round with him from Alabama. I don't see them, unless George... Unless George has something up that we don't know, um, I don't see them getting Justin. I don't see them getting Trevor. The question is, and I'll end it with this: is what do you I mean? Legit, the the future really is now on the line. You don't draft a quarterback or you don't make a move for a quarterback in the first round or via the trade Watson, for example. Then, obviously, George is like, hey, one more year at least with Drew. We're going to see what this can do, kid can do. But I've told a good buddy of mine who's a Bills fan is this. We haven't seen Drew for 17 games. Well, Michael, they played 16. They now added an additional 17th game. It's Detroit, and it's going to take place next year. But here's the deal. So for 16 games, now 17. Give a 17-game week schedule. I haven't seen Drew. We haven't seen Drew on all 16-17 games. He's either been out with an injury, or he has struggled, or he's played decent. There's a few games he's done well. Teams that win are teams that can, of course, they struggle. And I think the Drew Locke, Drew, uh, Drew Locke to Josh Allen comparison, I see it, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a fair adjustment. I think Josh Allen's a little bit more talented than Drew Locke is, but. That's why we're. That's why, you know, it's it's. That's why we live in this great country. We have our own opinions. Um. So. Do I think? Do I think that uh, they go quarterback? It's hard to tell. It really is. It's absolutely hard to tell what Denver does. But I'm excited. I'm I'm stoked. And I look forward to... I look forward to what uh, to what is going on. We are live on Twitter, so that is correct. We uh, we're actually doing a show right now, but we're going to finish out the final uh, about eighteen minutes or so left, and we'll go on fa- on Twitter live. So on Twitter um, again. 
if there is any questions out there, definitely um, tweet them below down there somewhere to finish out the show. But again, like I said, George Payton, his hand, he has no loyalty to to Drew Locke. People have to realize this. Um, do I think that Drew Locke's days are in Denver are numbered? Easily could be. Vic Vangio's days could be numbered. Like I said, John Elway, Joe Ellis, contracts up up to the end of this year. You're going to have a lot of changes. You got a lot of changes going on. But we'll be right back. You are listening to the Real Talk in the 4 or 5 podcast here on the Unhinged Sports Network. What's going on, everyone? Dave from Fan Futsal here. What is Fan Futsal? You might be wondering. Well, Fan Futsal is a simplified fantasy soccer game. In Fan Futsal, you select five clubs instead of eight to 11 individual players for your fantasy lineups. Our fantasy scoring is based on match scores, not individual player stats, so it's a lot easier to follow. It's free to sign up and super easy to set lineups. So, to learn more and to get started playing a simplified fantasy soccer game, go to Fan Futsal, F A N F U T S A L dot and the final segment of the debut of Real Talk in the 4 or 5 podcast is the Major League Baseball. Of course, um, the New York Yankees, you know, you look at um, Brantley, of course, uh, that's a weird deal. You know, reports came out that he signed with Toronto and he's going to Toronto and course uh, George uh, Springer massive deal with the with the Blue Jays I, you know my personal opinion was wow these guys literally uh, got loaded pretty quick in the outfield and so the reports said that it wasn't true he eventually Brantley eventually signs with resigns I should say with the Houston Astros uh, reports early in the year or early, earlier in the week, and of course, I'm going to get my my uh, Yankees magazine subscription um, ready to go for the year. I'm going to get that done here in a bit, but after the show. But here's the deal: um, the Yankees were highly interested, in course, in Reds pitcher Luis Castillo. Castillo, um, rightfully so. That's that's the Reds. Practically their gym. Uh, of course, they made good with DJ LeMayu resigning him. Huge move that could be it. I, what I call it, it was a um, low risk with a high reward ceiling for Corey Kluber. Um, one year of a mill. Uh, of course, Tanaka looking to go back to Japan. Um, James Paxton, of course, he's a free agent. Not for sure if Luis Severino is going to, you know, he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery injury. You know, I love the depth in our in our pitching. Garcia, I thought showed some promise last year. Clark Smith, I'm really high on. I think I can. I think we'll see him. I think he will fight for a position on the rotation. Jordan Montgomery, I think can. Definitely be in the back in the mix of things in the rotation. But you look at Castillo, and it seemed like 
just whispers, talk died down. Supposedly, uh, both teams then regained interest in the trades. However, it was Glaber Torres. Um, that was the piece that uh, the Reds were asking for. Of course, a piece that they really highly need is a shortstop. And that was the dead. That was Brian Cashman's. We're done talking for right now stage. Uh, if you think about it, um, if you really want to think about it, Glaber, moving Glaber for Louise is is um, is like a likely non-starter at this point. If you think of pure value, if you will. Um, I read something along the lines that um, they're practically to both project as roughly as four win players in 2021. Put it lightly. Um, according to Fangraph's calculations is where that quote came from. Tor- uh, Glaber is definitely younger. He's further from free agency, plays less a risky position. If you really want to think about it, I think the Reds need to send their top prospects back to New York in order to get Glaber. And the Yankees, in my opinion, has one of the best farm systems in which at one point in time they were one of the worst, but uh, I love what they've done. And then we'll talk next week. I'm going to hope to uh, do a two-week podcast next week and get um, and get a good buddy of mine that is a diehard Major League Baseball fan. And I mean, you will absolutely love having him and hearing his knowledge about not just his New York Mets, but baseball in general. We'll talk Mets. We'll talk Yankees. We'll talk uh, what in the world happened with Brantley. Thoughts on George Springer going to the Blue Jays. I thought he can go to the Mets. But we'll talk that out at a later time. Now. Question is, and question of the day. Find us on Twitter, at RealTalk405Pod. I'll tweet it out, hashtag it. To, uh, to join in, it's going to be hashtag RealTalk405Podcast. And the question is like this. It's going to go as is. Could the New York Yankees trade for Luis Castillo with just prospects? I'm not asking top prospects. I'm just saying prospects in general. Eliminate Glaber Torres. Because when you look at it, the farm system still has, the Yankees still has talent in the farm system. It's, even if it's thin, they got enough that they can do a blockbuster on its own. Who would you have? Question of the day here on the podcast. Um, tweet back at me with your answers, with the thoughts. At uh, Real Talk 4 or 5 Pod, hashtag uh, Real Talk 4 or 5 Pod. Question of the day Can the Yankees still pull 
the blockbuster deal for Luis Castillo to the Reds uh, with just Yankee prospects? If so, who? If you're not familiar with it, uh, with their prospects, definitely go uh, to the Yankees.com. You can go to, I think it's the top 30 uh, in regards to um, uh, prospects. Go to the roster, I think is where you go to, and go find it. It's an amazing, they've done an amazing job of, the league has done an amazing job keeping that up to date. But um, my answer is yes, if you want to know my answer. I think any decent farm system can definitely um, grab a good player. But the key is, are you willing to uh, part a large amount of prospects? Well, if you do long part, no, the Yankees don't have it. So let's look at the particulars to finish out the show. Uh, Luis's value is a little difficult, if you will. And this is, I read, um, some of this is from Pinstripe Alley. Great article. Broke it down points by point. But you look at it as it's a little difficult to pin down. He has, he's short of 90 starts. He's done phenomenal the 44 of those starts. He's 10.9K over nine innings span. He's 28. He's still three years away from free agency. Probably definitely the 20 or so best starters in the game. It's an interesting trade nonetheless. um, To try to see if they would be willing to part ways. But I think the Yankees are still in good position. I still think they're in good position to um, to be competitive in the AL East, especially um, especially with the talent they got coming in, uh, especially through the through the um, minor leagues. If you don't remember, uh, Divia Garcia, who I'm, a, I'm high on. Of course, Jason Dominguez. I think he's 16 or 17 years old. Maybe he might be 18 by now. Who knows? Don't forget Domingo Herman coming off a suspension. So to answer your question, the Yankees are probably going to give at least four, maybe six of their top prospects. To get the deal done. So let us know. Do you think the Yankees can get the deal done. For Luis Castillo. From the Reds. If so who. And who would you would uh, give up. And in theory. Who would you also ask in return to the Reds. Uh, from the Reds. To the Bronx. Let us know. On Twitter. Uh, at me. Uh, Real Talk 45 pod. Hashtag for Real Talk four or five pod and follow me on my personal Twitter on air with Mike. That's the show for today. It's been a pleasure debuting the real talk in the four or five podcast as always subscribe on 
on iTunes, Google, all that good stuff. Listen to us on the Unhinged Sports Network. Not just listen to me. Listen to the amazing podcasters from morning to night, encore shore shows throughout the week. Listen. It's a good one. You don't want to miss it. Listen to everyone else as well, and you will not be disappointed. And follow them all on Twitter. Until then, you guys take care. Make sure to uh, take care of one another, and I will see you guys next week. Until then, stay safe.